Hey there, welcome to the Happy Habit Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Norrie. We like to talk health and well-being. We do it every Monday and Thursday. If you are new, welcome. And if you're not, welcome back. Please consider subscribing and sharing. Now, this week we're looking at The Happiness Trap, written by Russ Harris. I thought it was about high time I looked at this book, considering it had as its subject matter the subject of happiness. And, well, this podcast is called The Happy Habit Podcast. So let's dive right in. People obsess with seeking happiness, trying desperately to hold on to happiness and to, at all costs, avoid unhappiness. But happiness isn't simply a matter of feeling good. Also, happiness dies unless it is held lightly. In order to achieve an emotional happy state, we tend to engage in behaviours like vices that make us feel awful and feel inadequate as a result. Now, this book is based on a form of therapy called ACT, Acceptance and Commitment Therapy. Now, before you think, oh, not a book on therapy, it's actually quite light in that regard. It doesn't get too deep into the academics and the philosophy under underscoring this particular form of therapy. Bear with me as I go through the book, because it encompasses a new approach to dealing with the issue of happiness and life satisfaction, which, let's be honest, we all crave. The author poses the question, what if your very efforts to find happiness were actually preventing you from achieving it? It seems we are all caught in this psychological trap. We're ruled by inaccurate beliefs about happiness, which create a vicious cycle in which the more we try to find happiness, the more we suffer. But there is hope. There's the good news. We can learn how to recognise this trap, this happiness trap, and learn how to escape it. This book gives us the skills to do so. It draws on acceptance and commitment therapy, which has been very effective in helping people with a wide range of problems, from depression and anxiety to chronic pain and even drug addiction. The aim of ACT, the Acceptance and Commitment Therapy, is to help us to live a full and meaningful life while effectively handling the pain that inevitably will come with life. It's true to say that we have a higher standard of living than any humans in human history, yet we still don't seem to be happy. In any given year, 30% of the adult population will suffer from a psychological disorder. The truth is, and this is probably the most important message in the book, the truth is lasting happiness is simply not normal and should not be expected. The human mind itself evolved over hundreds of thousands of years. It evolved to keep us alive in a world fraught with danger. Now, while many dangers that threatened our ancestors no longer threaten us today, we still have those same minds those minds that evolved, and so the modern mind is constantly on the lookout and assessing and judging everything and everyone we encounter in our daily lives, determining whether they are a threat to us or not. The saber-toothed tiger dangers of the past have been replaced by fear of losing our job or being rejected by a potential partner or comparing ourselves to others. 
And so we spend an awful lot of time worrying about things that often never ever happen. As was the case with our ancestors, it is still the case now that we are constantly striving for more and for better. And when we achieve this, we succeed and we are satisfied. But the problem is that satisfaction is only temporary because pretty soon we shift the goalposts and start wanting more again. This leads to a constant struggle or suffering, which is the reason why lasting happiness is so elusive. Indeed, the more we strive for lasting happiness, the unhappier we are. The traditional definition of happiness, that is feeling good, should more accurately be living a rich, full and meaningful life. Now, to do this, we must take action on things that matter to us, that represent the values we stand for. This then makes our life more meaningful. We must also recognise that a meaningful and full life will inevitably include emotions of sadness, of fear, of anger, discomfort, because life should come with a full range of emotions. The reality is that life involves pain. There is simply no getting away from this. It will bring with it sadness, failure, crisis and disappointment at various points in time. While we can't avoid this pain, we can absolutely learn to handle it much better and reduce its impact. And this book shows us exactly how to do this. The problem with how modern society views happiness is that we have been reared on the notion that we should all live happily ever after. Thanks to Grimm's fairy tales and Disney, we have been fed a myth. Other myths include we are meant to be naturally happy. If you're not happy, there's something wrong with you. That if you are suffering mentally, that you are abnormal or weak. Another myth suggests to create a better life, we must get rid of negative feelings and replace them with positive ones. And finally, the myth that we should be able to control what we think and feel at all times. We simply don't have the level of control over these things that we would like. But we do have enormous control over our actions and how we respond. These myths are the basis of the happiness trap, which gives the title to this book. They do us a disservice as they set us up to struggle against our human nature. They set us up to fail in our attempts to be happy. The irony is, it's the struggle that builds the trap that we get caught in. Our minds have created every invention in history. We have bent the natural world around us to our will. But this creates the illusion, the misconception that we have control over our internal worlds, over our minds and our emotions too, but not so. Thoughts, feelings, sensations and memories are simply not that easy to control. On the surface of it, people seem to be in control of their thoughts and their feelings, but in reality they are hiding their true feelings, be it fear of rejection or disapproval or disappointment or whatever. Look, problems that we encounter every day give rise to unpleasant thoughts and feelings that we then try our best to blot out. But suppose those attempts to get rid of our bad thoughts and emotions are actually making life worse for us. In ACT, acceptance, and commitment therapy, the solution is the problem which becomes a vicious cycle. 
So say you fear rejection, you feel anxiety in social settings, so you avoid social settings, like parties. You then feel isolated and alone because you are not attending social settings and you kind of feel rejected and outside of society. You end up feeling exactly what you feared you would feel in the first place. Trying to escape unpleasant feelings is essentially a control strategy. You're trying to control how you feel. Other control strategies, including arguing, zoning out, numbing yourself, distracting yourself, hiding... And control methods become a real problem when you use them excessively and when they stop you doing things that you value. We all use control strategies, like eating a bar of chocolate to make ourselves feel better if we're feeling anxious or disappointed. In moderation, this is okay, but anything more than that and you have a problem. Life is richer and fuller when we invest time in doing things that we find meaningful. Yet too often, our own attempts to avoid unpleasant feelings get in the way of doing what we really value. The happiness trap we referred to earlier is built through our own ineffective control strategies. In order to feel happy, we try hard to control what we are feeling. But these strategies have three costs. Number one, they take time and energy and are ineffective in the long run. Number two, we feel silly because the thoughts and feelings return. And number three, strategies that lower unpleasant feelings short term actually lower our quality of life in the long term. These unwanted outcomes lead to yet more unpleasant feelings. Excessive use of any control strategies is called experiential avoidance and it leads to depression, anxiety and addiction. So in a nutshell, the happiness trap is this. To find happiness, we try to avoid or rid ourselves of bad feelings. But the harder we try, the more bad feelings we create. When you do things that are truly meaningful to you, they improve your life in the long term. And these things are called value-guided actions. So how do we escape this happiness trap that we constantly find ourselves in? Well, increasing our self-awareness is the first step. Notice the little things you do each day to avoid or get rid of unpleasant thoughts and feelings and then notice the results. The author highlights six core principles of ACT, this acceptance and commitment therapy upon which this book is based. And these six core principles give us psychological flexibility so that we can handle painful thoughts and feelings, allowing us to take action so that we can make our life rich and meaningful. And who doesn't want that? The first of the core principles of ACT is diffusion. Now, sounds like a fancy term, but it's simply this. It relates to your thoughts in a new way, so they have less impact over you. Diffusing painful thoughts leads to them losing their ability to worry and frighten or depress you. The second core principle is expansion, making room for unpleasant feelings instead of trying to push them away. The third core principle is connection, connecting fully with whatever is happening right here, right now, rather than being in the past or the future. Number four, the observing self, literally you watching yourself without judgment. Number five, connecting with your core values and for what you stand for. And number six, committed action. A rich and meaningful life can only come through taking effective action.
Now, the first four principles here are essentially mindfulness skills. And when we couple them with our core values and taking effective action, we achieve psychological flexibility. That is the ability to adapt to a situation with awareness, with openness, and so that we are able to take effective action guided by our values. As humans, we rely heavily on words, images in our minds and feelings in our bodies. Thoughts themselves are nothing more than words or stories that we tell ourselves, quite often about ourselves. But often these stories are simply not facts. They are false stories we tell ourselves about us. The author tells us that instead of believing a false story or thought about ourselves, we should stand back and state that, oh, there I go again, I'm having that thought. This helps you to change the way you handle the painful thoughts in the moment and stops you believing the thought and getting emotionally negatively affected by that thought. This process is called diffusion. It shows us that thoughts are literally just words. We pay attention to them only if they are helpful. The author even suggests when being self-critical to do so in the tune of Happy Birthday in order to undermine that painful thought and create distance between you and that thought, which, remember, is simply only words. Remember, our minds evolved to think negatively in order to keep us safe from harm and to keep us alive. So it is no surprise that our minds are filled with negative thoughts. If we take these thoughts to be the truth, they can easily lead to anxiety, anger or depression. Even if a thought is true, it is nothing more than a selection of words. Giving them life and energy does nothing constructive for you. Now, by all means, if a thought is helpful and you can take effective action in response to it, then fine, do so. Otherwise, diffuse it. Most thoughts will randomly pop into your head. We don't choose the vast majority of these thoughts. And we certainly don't have to take them seriously when they do. Recognise them for what they are. They're simply random thoughts which are random words that pop into your head. They are not facts and they don't need to be given any energy. The more tuned in you are to your direct experience of life, rather than your mind's running commentary or your inner chatterbox, the more empowered you are to take your life in the direction you truly want to. Another simple but effective technique to help diffuse unhelpful thoughts is to thank your mind when they pop up. For example, you have thoughts that you are a failure. In response, you can simply thank your mind for putting that thought into your head and just move on. It sounds facile, but it's actually an awful lot better than feeding that thought and letting it spoil your day and drag down your emotions. Okay, I'm a failure. Thank you, brain. Move on. Simple. Acceptance, you're accepting that thought rather than struggling with it. Now, acceptance doesn't mean putting up with or resigning yourself to anything. It's about embracing life, not merely tolerating it. It certainly doesn't mean admitting defeat. It means fully opening yourself up to your present reality, letting go of the struggle in the moment. The most effective way to make changes in your life is to start by fully accepting your life. Acceptance is like giving you an anchor from which you can then take the next step much more effectively through effective action. The author talks about using 
one's breath when unpleasant thoughts and feelings are present. 10 deep breaths multiple times a day is a simple technique to diffuse, there's that word again, to diffuse unhelpful thoughts and deny them the emotion they crave. This technique is effective in simply allowing thoughts to come and to go, like clouds across a, a blue sky. It allows you to recognise when you have been hooked by an unhelpful thought and how to unhook yourself and refocus your attention. This is a classic example of an acceptance strategy. And while we're talking about emotions, well, what are emotions? Well, emotions originate from the midbrain and manifest themselves physically in the body. Do our emotions control our behaviour? Absolutely not. You can feel angry, yes, but you don't necessarily have to act out your anger. While we might not have direct control over our feelings, we do have direct control over our actions. And it's far more useful to focus on what we can control rather than on what we can't. If we consciously bring our awareness to what we are feeling and observe how we are behaving, then no matter how intense our emotions, we can still control our actions. The more we struggle with difficult feelings or emotions, the more trouble we create for ourselves. When we don't struggle with emotions, our emotions are free to move. We don't waste any time or energy fighting or avoiding them, and we don't create any inner discomfort. The author tells us not to judge our emotions and to simply see them for what they are, a stream of constantly changing sensations. And just because a sensation or urge is uncomfortable doesn't mean they are bad. In fact, no emotion is bad in itself, but a thought or judgment associated with it can be bad. Judging is one of the most common ways our minds add to our emotional discomfort. Painful emotions become chronic when we keep on struggling with them. When you stop struggling and respond to them with acceptance, they don't become chronic. The author speaks about expansion or expanding into our emotions. And the four basic steps of expansion are observe your feelings, breathe into your feelings, make room for them and allow them to be there. This is a great technique for dealing with unpleasant emotions in the moment. This book is literally chock full of little techniques that you can use in everyday life in any given situation. It draws, as I said at the outset, on a form of therapy called ACT, Acceptance and Commitment Therapy, which has at its heart accepting your thoughts and your feelings, connecting with your core values and then taking effective action. The notion of acceptance is itself not a new one. The Stoics in ancient Rome 2,000 years ago held the central belief that one simply should accept whatever came up in life. Love everything that happens equally was their philosophy. There's something, I think, very tranquil about the idea of acceptance and the rejection of struggling and resistance. I actually practiced the idea of acceptance myself just this very morning when I was feeling anxious and fearful about going for a sea swim in waters that are currently about 11 degrees Celsius. That's probably in the low 50s Fahrenheit. And to help me assuage my anxiety and my fear, I simply decided to 
say to myself that I was going to accept it. I was going to embrace the anxiety and the fear like I was going to embrace that cold water. I did feel it lessened as a result. Because I had accepted it, I think my nervous energy dissipated. I no longer dreaded the cold water. I didn't love the idea of getting into 11 degree water, but I wasn't fearful of doing so. And I knew the cold would come, but I also knew that I had experienced cold water before. I didn't allow myself to get tied up mentally and emotionally in the fear and the anxiety of swimming in cold water. It was absolutely freezing, but if I'm honest, I didn't get into a tizzy or a panic beforehand. And I survived the swim in the coldest water I have encountered to date on a beautiful morning here in Dublin. I really like the fact in this book, too, that the author details all his own struggles with anxiety. I think it lends the book a sense of credibility. He even admits that he forgets at times to apply some of the techniques he outlines in this book himself. But when he does apply the techniques, he feels far better for it. There's a lot to be said for this book's message that struggling or resisting will get you nowhere. I also like the idea that as humans, we were not designed to be happy ever after and that we must expect trials and disappointments. But if we stand back from our inner chatter and observe our emotions and our thoughts and take effective action, the action that we need to take to remain true to our core values, well then certainly we can escape that happiness trap and live a full and meaningful life. Well, thank you for listening to this edition of the Happy Habit Podcast. Until next time, stay happy. (music) 